Tuesday, October 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Well, Hoynesy, uh, before we get to anything about Game 6 tonight uh, for the World Series, uh, I thought it'd be a, a good time to, to talk a little bit about, you know, just off-season stuff, coaching staff, managerial stuff. Uh, a lot of that is still getting straightened out right now. Uh, what's the latest you're hearing from what the Indians uh, coaching staff might look like after this, this 2020 season where so much was different and so many people were, were not there and there with, with Tito's health and with Brad Mills and Ty Van Berkeley, uh, the hitting coach and the bench coach, all, all, you know, being, being gone. Uh, what are you hearing? What's the latest on what the Indians coaching staff might look like in 2021? Yeah, Joe. Uh, you know, I've I've seen around the league that a lot of teams, uh, you know, have announced their pitching, their their coaching staffs for uh, you know the 2021 season. I think the Indians are still, uh, you know, kind of going through, you know, kind of dotting the i's and crossing the t's on that. Uh, right now, it looks like uh, 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 Ty Van Berkeleel, the hitting coach, will be back. You know, he had an option in his contract. I think he'll be back. Um, uh, Brad Mills is still. Uh, talking to the Indians, talking to Tito um, about uh, whether he'd return uh, as a bench coach. Um, you know, I, I think he's still weighing his options. Um, and then, you know, but if, uh, you know, if, if Mills, Millsy doesn't come back, uh, that would open the bench coach job, you know, providing, of, of course, I guess the key cog to this all is, is if uh, Terry Francona is healthy enough to uh, return to the dugout next year. Uh, you know, because he had so many health problems last year. So that's, uh, you know, I, I guess that, you know, we got to establish that first and then go from there. But, uh, you know, let's say if, if Mills doesn't come back, uh, who's going to be the bench coach? And I guess, you know, the, the, the prime uh, candidate would be Sandy Alomar, don't you think? Right. You would think that. And you would think that, uh, you know, maybe there would be some sort of shift in uh, Sandy's responsibilities. You know, he's been the first base coach for several years uh, over, over the past few seasons. But, uh, you know, this year having managed – he, he even talked about how it's just a different perspective to, to you know, he wants to be being focused on the game. And, you know, having guys like Mike Sarbaugh come in and, and help him uh, as, as his bench coach while Tito was away, uh, I think it, it sort of helped him sort of see differently and see, see different things on maybe, maybe – the the work that he needs to put in there as as a bench coach would would help him and and you know benefit him somehow when he does maybe someday take over that managerial position from Tito. Yeah, you know the bench coach is always you know the kind of the manager in waiting, or if you know the manager gets kicked out, ejected from a game, or you know we've seen you know uh, you know a couple of years ago when Tito uh, was was unable to. Uh, you know, manage, uh, I mean, go to the all-star game, you know, Brad Mills went in his, his spot. So, you know, Mills, he ended up in, managing the all-star game. So, uh, yeah, the, when you're the bench coach, you're one step away from manager. Um, and uh, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, Sandy was originally Terry Francona's first uh, bench coach in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, uh, Mills, he moved moved in, uh, moved to the bench in uh, 2014. And maybe Sarbaugh, too. I thought, you know, you know, kind of Sandy raved about him. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe Mike Sarbaugh. But I think, you know, if, if, if Alomar is kind of the guy, you know, on the, in the on-deck circle, if, you know, if, if Tito does step down or when he steps down, 
um, I think it would be uh, Alomar moving to the bench coach. Then, you know, Kyle Hudson, I think, what, did a good job uh, at first at base first. replacing Sandy. And um, I'm um, – uh, I'm, Tony I'm, Manzolino. Uh, yeah, yeah, on third base. So, you know, they've got some candidates. And, you know, I was thinking, uh, uh, Joe, you know, with uh, there's some openings, managerial openings, you know, what, in three places, and then there could be some turnover – in, in uh, you know, the, if Thank those you. managers will bring in new guys with, and maybe perhaps Ruben Niebla gets gets an offer from uh, from as a pitching coach. I know he's been mentioned over the last two or three years as a candidate at at, at different teams. So you know, I think uh, you know it's something to watch for. The Indians usually you know lose a couple people along the way every off season because they you know they not only do they develop uh, good pitchers, they usually develop pretty good pitching coaches. Right, yeah, it, it, you know, it, you almost have to offer that uh, that bench coach job to to Alomar first, I would think. Where wouldn't it? You would almost yeah. he would almost have to be the first guy offered, and then maybe like a guy like a Sarba. Uh, as far as uh, Ruben goes, uh, I thought you know at this time last year when they when they pulled him up to the major league level to the major league staff, I thought that was sort of an indication that you know, hey, we don't want to lose this guy uh, if if we don't you know, give him a, a major league opportunity and maybe they're keeping him in line for in the eventuality that uh, Carl Willis might move on. You know, if Tito goes, maybe, maybe Ruben Niebla works with, with Sandy Alomar as, as a pitching coach. Uh, they, they, you can see that the organization values Ruben Niebla, you know, for the work that he's done at all levels up until this point. So uh, yeah, it would not surprise me to see, you know, some sort of moves like that being made. But again, if you're, if you're Ruben Niebla, what do you wait? If a team comes after you and says, Hey, come, uh, come be our pitching coach here at the major league level, or you you're a, a year, maybe two away from taking over the Indian staff that you've developed all through the minor league. I mean, these are guys that you've brought along. These are your guys, you know, an, an opportunity to maybe, you know, be their pitching coach in a year or so might outweigh the, the, the lure of another team. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, uh, great point, Joe. And it's, you know, kind of a balancing act, you know, because, you know, the Indians kind of, you know, with uh, Sweeney, uh, Ruben and, and uh, Carl Willis, you know, they, they're really the first uh, kind of, I think, you know, big league team. I don't know if, if anybody else on the big league level has three pitching coaches and uh, they got along very well uh, this past season. Uh, the results showed in the, you know, in the, in the statistics, they, you know, probably the best, you know, pitching staff in the American League so that's got to but and then you're sitting there thinking well you know uh, if you're Ruben Nabel and you get a chance to uh, to uh, you know be your own guy and, and call your own shots with the team you know that I, that's that's tempting and right. it's, you know, but he's been here so long too what 19 20 years I think with the organization so that's that's an interesting uh, dynamic right there and I think you are right that that's why they brought him up this past season you know, they didn't want to lose him. And they knew that a lot of the pitchers he had developed were going to be on the big league staff. Right. Uh, well, it's funny that you mentioned the, that model or that uh, sort of that dynamic of the, the three-headed monster pitching coaches with, with Willis, Niebla, and uh, Sweeney out in the bullpen. Uh, the, the Rangers just yesterday uh, named Doug Mathis and Brendan Sagara co-pitching coaches. So, sort of playing off of that, uh, that Indians 
uh, model there of the, the three-headed monster. I think uh, they said Mathis will be in the dugout and Cigar will be in the bullpen, but they are co-pitching coaches, not just a, a pitching coach and a bullpen coach. Uh, so, so, you know, maybe things are changed. Maybe, maybe the Indians or maybe the Rangers are, you know, like the rest of the league, maybe looking at what the Indians are doing and saying, Hey, maybe that'll work for us. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's a, uh, that's an interesting move too. And, uh, you know, Julio Rangel, uh, who came up through the Indians minor league system was uh, the, the Rangers former pitching coach. So, uh, you know, he must've, uh, uh, either been dismissed or got fired or something that, uh, yeah, this is a maybe this is a trend starting now. So we'll see how that this goes. It just seems uh, you know two hitting coaches, uh, three pitching coaches. You know the coaching staff, just like the NFL, the coaching staffs just keep getting bigger and bigger. Uh, Rangel was dismissed from uh, the Rangers on October sixth, along with uh, catching coordinator Hector Ortiz. Uh, both of those guys won't be returning to their positions. So. Uh, I, I want to go back to uh, Van Berkelio just for a second. Uh, you know, just the idea that uh, he is going to come back is uh, from, if I, if I could put on, uh, you know, my fan hat here for a second, uh, this Indians offense was pretty terrible this year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, somebody has to be held accountable for that. Is Ty Van Berkelio the guy you, you hold accountable for it? Or do you put it on the players or, you know, because Tito wasn't there. What, who, the fans want to see somebody's head roll over the fact that the Indians offense was 24th in all of baseball. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's try and figure out why this happened. Is, is Van Berkeley the best choice to come back? You know, that, that's a good, uh, that's a good question. I, I was looking at, I did, a, I did a story on him today, in fact. And, um, you know, they, they were struggling when, when you opted out, I think, in early August. And, um, and uh, but, you know, if you look at the 60-game splits from, uh, I, you know, from players like Carlos Santana, uh, Lindor, uh, Luplo, uh, um, Perez, and, uh, and uh, Oscar Mercado, guys like that, you know, compared to, you know, to um, – the 60 games they played this year, or what? I guess it, let's say a guy like Mercado, uh, well, uh, like Santana, like Santana's 60 games this year compared to his first 60 games in 2019. There's no comparison. Santana was, you know, a much much better hitter in in 2019, and I, I just thought that maybe, you know, in, in such a uh, an unusual season. Um, when uh, you know, you know the manager's gone, uh, you know you've gone through two versions of spring training. You've been down for, you know, you've you've been off for three and a half months. Then you got a sixty-game sprint. I think, you know, I thought, you know, when when Van Berkeley left, that may have, it, it would have been nice for them that the hitters to have, you know, the, a familiar voice there. And and this is no knock on on uh, Victor Rodriguez or any of the guys that helped him out after Van. Van Van Berkeley left, but uh, and I just think you know his that he had, he's done a, a decent you know he, he's t taken a lot of heat, but I think the numbers show that you know um, that he he had done a, a he has done a pretty good job with these guys, mostly you know, individually you know, and 
I don't know. And they were, you know, last in 2019, they were, they won 93 games. They were a middle of the pack offense, you know, in, in the key categories, they were seventh or eighth in the league. And, um, and this year, obviously they weren't. And, but I think this year, I don't even know if you can, if it's a fair comparison. Well, well, so yeah, I, I mean, it's not fair. Do you, do you just throw out offensive performance this year because, you know, oh, COVID and oh, the 60 games and that they weren't, you know, what, what hitters could get ready for, you know, a season like this. But other teams were doing it. Other teams hit the ball. And the pitching staff didn't seem to be as affected as – so So are the Indians hitters just so special that they were the ones affected by this, this uh, you know, unusual season? I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can just throw away – you know, and, and look beyond what happened in, in this situation. I think you have to hold somebody accountable. Uh, it's not, not that I'm, I'm looking for, you know, looking for somebody's head here, but maybe you bring in somebody else and, and there's a, a different voice or a different direction. Maybe the guys respond differently and, and, you know, they, they give you average to above average hitting next year to go with that top level pitching and you can maybe win some games that way. Yeah. And, uh, but, and I think sometimes Joe, I think sometimes it's the singer, not the song, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I think you, you, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, you and me watch these guys, you know, this year and, uh, you know, okay, maybe Santana's year was an aberration or maybe, you know, these guys just got a slow start because, you know, we've seen Santana for years and he's a solid, you know, big league hitter. Mm -hmm. uh, Lindor got on, wasn't, wasn't himself, but he was still fairly productive, but the outfielders, you know, that, that was, those guys were tough to watch. And I, I don't know. I mean, the outfielders haven't hit for five years. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. With the exception so, of Michael Brantley, they haven't hit in five years. Yeah. So how much can a pitching uh, hitting coach do with, with with the, those kind of players, I, and you know, I'm, I don't know, you know, it's just so. No, I I get it. I just I, Ben Berkeley, I think is the one where I think if they were going to make a move, if they were going to make a change, if it was going to come from the top, uh, I, I think that would be the place to do it for sure. Uh, the pitching side, you're all set. Uh, what yeah. did you think? What did you think of Sweeney this year? What did you think of the the job Sweeney did with the bullpen? The bullpen actually turned out to be one of the one of the more effective bullpens in, in, in baseball. And, you know, this was Sweeney's first year running the show there. Yeah. I thought he did a good job, you know, fun guy to talk to uh, volunteer fireman, you know, you gotta <laughs> like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, he had some good, uh, you know, Brad hand had a bounce back year. Karen check, you know, did a great job as your first full season as a, well, not full season, but as a rookie though, uh, you know, you've got, uh, and, you know, had bounce back years with, uh, well, Perez was solid, uh, you know, and uh, Whit Whitgren was, was solid as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought, I thought the bullpen pitched very, very well. I mean, and, you know, we had some, they had some improvement from Maton. Maton was kind of Jekyll and Hyde, you know, mm -hmm. very good and very bad at the same time. But yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did a good job. I thought those three guys worked well together. I think, uh, you know, Sweeney's star is sort of hitched to Karinczak. I think uh, the two of them are, are, are going to be very closely linked, at least over the next couple of years. Uh, the way that during the, the pandemic, uh, during the isolation, that's, that Sweeney would drive down to see Karinczak work out, 
since they lived very close to each other or they were they were in isolation close to each other. Uh, I, I just think the two of them, as as Karen Chak goes, I think Sweeney will go. I, I think if if he takes off and he becomes an elite reliever in the league, uh, I think uh, you know Sweeney's star will rise in that regard. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good. Uh, uh, you know that that's yeah that those dots connect and uh, you know and Karinchek is you know kind of primed to probably move into that closer spot I would think in 2021 <clears throat> because you know unless they do something you know they pull a rabbit out of the hat and re- and pick up Hans' option. Right, and you know we, we will definitely get into the whole uh, contract option thing. Uh, it's it, it could. That could trigger tonight, after tonight, after, uh, you know, game six. If the Dodgers close things out tonight, uh, the offseason calendar and the offseason clock starts uh, beginning tomorrow if, if that happens. Uh, so, you know, you would have that five-day window where um, the, the Indians, I believe, where teams will have that, the option to, or to pick up those contracts. They can do it right now, but after five days after the end of the World Series is the the deadline for those options to be picked up. So right, and then uh, well, we know they're not going to make anybody a qualifying offer. I don't right, think right, exactly. Free agents or, or you free, know, their free agents are are like Oliver Perez, Roberto, uh, um, Cesar Hernandez, and uh, you know, I think yeah, one yeah and well, if they don't if they don't pick up Santana and Hans uh, and uh, and Perez. Right. Options are they're free agents, so those guys, but they're not going to offer them eighteen, whatever the what eighteen. I think it was is it eighteen? It went up to eighteen. I thought it was like seventeen nine, or was yeah, that last I year? I think it's this year. It's like eighteen. It's over eighteen. Wow. Wouldn't write that in stone, but you make Cesar Hernandez a pretty happy guy if you give him yeah, $18 million yeah. for one year. So. But, <laughs> yeah, you'd uh, be back in a flash. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred coming out and discussing uh, just the overall revenue losses. Uh, for Major League Baseball due to the pandemic. Uh, pretty shocking uh, price tag that, uh, that Manfred put on uh, sort of what was lost by the teams or the, the debt that teams are going into. $8.3 billion in debt, uh, and that will, will cause uh, anywhere from $2.8 to $3 billion in combined operational losses uh, for these teams. Uh, that's... Uh, staggering number uh just uh financial losses for for baseball in this pandemic season uh is, is this game in in jeopardy now because of uh you know this pandemic well i don't think it's in the in the in, in the best spot it's been in, in joe i mean uh, you know obviously uh, and they don't even know how many games are going to be able to play next year or will fans be able to be uh, back in the seats. I mean, I know they've, they've let them in in Texas. What about 11,000 fans each game in the World Series or 11,000 tickets? I don't think they've even, they haven't sold out a game in the World Series for down in Texas yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, that that's a big question because the pandemic doesn't look like it's going away. It looks like it's spiking right now. Um, so, but yeah, and uh, when Chris Antonetti uh, told us, uh, you know, the Indians have lost uh, tens of millions and baseball has lost billions. I guess b- billion with a B is, uh, <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't uh, dancing around the uh, numbers, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, um, the, the Players Association is going to, pro- you know, they're going to have their two cents worth this, but, but it's still, you know, obviously if you don't play 
he only plays 60 games a season and there's no fans in the stands and during the regular season nobody's making money you got to be you got to be losing money does does this lead to uh you know the owners opening up the books to sort of prove that they're losing this or is that is that completely out of the question they will never open the books Joe. <laughs> they will never open the books that they could that would be the world could end tomorrow and the books would stay shut. They, they'd, be, uh, they'd be double locked somewhere underneath the bed. It just caused chaos. You, you talk about that would be like kid in a candy store day for Tony Clark and the players. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you, you, uh, talk, you talk about Francisco Lindor sitting there, uh, you know, running his mouth about how uh, you know, this is a billion-dollar team and this and that, and, uh, you know, that that in in their minds it's all it's all in there. All they have to do is, is see it in the books. Yeah, and uh, but you know it's it's going to be you know I I just wonder what what this team and every team is going to look like. You're really going to be able to tell, you know, who cuts payroll. I mean, what what if you're a free agent this winter? I mean, you got to be uh, you really have to be wondering what's going on. I mean, the the, the, the most talented guys are going to get paid, but right the, the other I, the the middle class and the uh, the guys like uh, Jason Kipnis and maybe Carlos Santana, what are they going to do? All right. I, I think a, a big telltale sign or an indicator for me is going to be whether or not they pick up Roberto Perez's con- contract option. If they can afford to pay uh, Roberto Perez, the uh, you know, a two-time finalist for, you know, a gold glove, if, if they can afford to pay Roberto Perez $5 million, then things the sky isn't completely falling. If they don't pick up Roberto Perez's option, and they have to go with a three million dollar uh, option in Austin Hedges, I think uh, that's that that's an indication of a real big big problem. Yeah, I agree with you. That would not be a good sign, definitely. Because I mean, her, you know, for for uh, what three or four years they've been talking about how, or at least two years they've been talking about how essential. Uh, Perez is to the success of the pitching staff. So behind the plate. That's that's definitely the one. Okay, well, uh, looking forward to tonight, the uh, what could be the final game of the Major League Baseball season in 2020. Game six of the World Series uh, is going to take place. Blake Snell will take the mound against Tony Gonsolin for the the Dodgers. Uh, Blake Snell for the Rays. Uh, this is it's do or die time for Kevin Cash. Uh, what do you see as, as what the Rays need to do? Uh, do they need to get to Gonsolin early? What's, uh, they've been a team that's been able to come on, you know, late in some of these games. Yeah, I think a big thing, you know, they, the, the Rays, you know, with, they, they've, you know, they're, they're built around those three, uh, you know, three really good uh, starters, Glasnow, uh, Snell, and Morton. And in this entire postseason, they've had one quality start out of those guys, Joe. One quality start. So they need, they need Snell to uh, give them six or seven innings, decent innings. You know, hold, I think without, they've only got one guy go six innings, though. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. They, pull, they pull their starters before yeah. they can go six, uh, six innings. Well, and, uh, but I would think, you know, they, they need, they need uh, you know, a strong start from Snell. They need uh, somebody besides uh, – uh, Randy, uh, a Rosarino to, to hit the ball. I mean, you know, Yandy Diaz, former Indian, is coming on a little bit. I think he's hitting like he had a triple and a single. Batting uh, leadoff. Yandy batting leadoff. 
<laughs> and uh, so, he, you know, he, he's, I think he's hitting 400 in the World Series. It's like four for 10, but, you know, that, that, that's not too bad. But, uh, uh, but they, yeah, I think they need, uh, they need Snell to uh, have, turn in a quality start here. Wouldn't, uh, you know, the, the two best words in all of sports, and particularly baseball, are Game 7. Game 7 of the World Series would be fantastic. You got to win Game Six to get to Game Seven. I I, I really hope that uh, the the Rays can do that and sort of reward us through this uh, this whole crazy season. Uh, get us to a Game Seven because that would be the most wonderful thing, uh, regardless of who wins uh, one way or the other. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll be back uh, to talk about Game Six tomorrow and anything else that develops. Maybe there's a maybe there's a, a crazy maybe somebody tries to steal home. Maybe there's a replay. <laughs> controversy we can talk about and then talk about how much we hate or we love replay uh you know just something to get us out of this rut right now as as we're sort of in a holding pattern until the series is over before this hot stove stuff can start uh great to talk to you and we'll catch you again tomorrow on the cleveland baseball talk podcast all right joe